Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to be chatting with Angela Paganelli today. She is working with an amazing organization. I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. So Angela, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is quite awesome. Absolutely. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about how you started even thinking about foster care? How did you come kind of into this world? So when I was 13, my mother passed away suddenly. And we, my sister and I were sent to go um, into kinship care with our aunt and uncle, but coming from a pretty tumultuous background into a normal household did not sit well with me. So I ended up in all walks of life, getting arrested, pins, psych wards, all of that. And, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of trauma information going on. And so uh, I ended up in a therapeutic foster home and I walked in and, you know, you're nervous, you've never been here. And the woman who was much taller than me kind of got down into my face and she was like, this is yours. This is your living room. This is your fridge. This is everything that's here belongs to you as long as you're here. Mm-hmm. And I only am staying there for two weeks because I went to a, um, a school up north. But in that time, every night, the foster parents would sit and talk to me and like they wanted to hear my story. She would cry, you know, and they never had children of their own. And so this is just what they did. And it just stuck with me. I could not tell you her name. I could not tell you what she looked like, but it stuck with me. And she, they actually did a, back, back in the day, they had the 1-800-US-SEARCH. Um, she did a, a search for my, my bio, biological father, um, which was really great. She didn't find him, but um, she tried. She tried her mm-hmm. best. So fast forward, you know, lots of years. And my husband and I were talking about fostering. And a woman came up to me in my church that I kind of knew a little bit. And she said, I had a dream that you had a little boy and I was struggling with infertility Mm. and I was angry. And I said, stop that. (laughs) That's not nice. Mm. Anyway, a couple weeks later, my husband and I decided we're going to try foster care. So I called the number, a generic number, and it's her. And she is the foster care liaison between uh, Dutchess County and foster parents, basically. And well, a year later, we got our Lenny and um then a bunch of others <laughs> oh my goodness that is wild what are the chances right like that is too too good to be a coincidence yep it was it was definitely a god thing yeah for sure so what was it like when you first started fostering I mean as someone who has you know background as a former foster youth what was that like for you did you were you hesitant at all to get into foster care or what was that feeling like at the time so my husband and I started the paperwork which you know there's much paperwork yeah and boy and uh, we kind of stopped you know after a couple weeks we stopped and sat on the counter and my sister-in-law said hey I got tickets to this concert this random concert do you want to go with me I was like yeah sure you know whatever well it was John Waller while I'm waiting Mm -hmm. and the entire com- the concert was about foster care adoption. And I just left there sobbing. And I said to my husband, we, we need to do this. Like we need it. And he's like, I know you just fill up the paperwork. He's like, that's the problem. Yeah. So I don't 
And so I was like, okay, so we finished up the paperwork and handed it in and we got our call. And I can tell you it was was a surreal feeling, you know, knowing, but in the same sense, Lennox had been in the children's home, um, Mm. which I know in America, we like nice, we don't like messy. So we call children's homes, but they're orphanages. (laughs) They are orphans. Um, And so we got to go pick him up from there. And like I said, it it was surreal, you know, Mm. knowing the loss that he was going to, you know, especially as he got older that he was going to realize because um, he was only 18 months, but, but um, mm, okay. it was, uh, yeah, he was adopted three years ago. Wow. So, oh my goodness. And how's he doing now? Awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's an awesome kid. Like he is the prayer leader of his children's church. Stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, he is like, I mean, just, he's an awesome kid, you know, he really yeah. is. That's amazing. That is just so beautiful to hear, you know, that these kids from hard places, I think a lot of people don't understand. And I, I'm wondering if you could like kind of tell us a little bit more about this just from your own experience. Like people maybe who meet you wouldn't would be like, wait, what? Angela, what? Like that was your story? Like that's not, you don't seem like that could have been true for you, you know? And so I'm I'm curious because I think people are so scared sometimes to enter into this world. And they have this preconceived notion about what foster care is or what foster kids are like. And I just would love for you to speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in, in age wise, right. An 18 month is not too intimidating. Right. But these people took in a, a 13 year old, you know, 14, I can't remember how it was. And like that, that's big, you know, because, you know, the behaviors and especially all the behaviors I had already exhibited, you know, they knew about them, but it, it is a weird thing. And I'm actually writing a book because Foster Blessings is kind of growing. And so I want people to know where this came from. I want to know where it stemmed from. And so, but really when you think about like a child entering care, you know, it's, it's all, it's all new. And that, that's the thing that always got me was, was the newness of it. You know, my sister and I had never slept apart. We had never slept with the lights off. And my aunt was like, time for bed. What? <laughs> we have a bedtime like you know and I as we were getting ready for bed I kind of went over I whispered I said sleep against my wall so we slept like against the you know probably not exact but you know like mm-hmm. together I can't watch Frozen I can't watch the first couple minutes of Frozen like oh it my gets gosh. Me. Yes. I'm like oh, right? and so that that's like the kind of things you know their jammies might be itchy they might not mm-hmm. know how to ask for a glass of water you know, these are the things that you know, in a normal household, when you're, with, when you're with mom and dad, you just, I'm thirsty, you get a cup, you get a drink, you know, but it's not like that the first, you know, especially like the first couple of days. Yeah. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So what do you think is so is important for foster family to know, you know, for those first couple of days as everyone's kind of just feeling each other out and getting the sense of what's going to happen here? What do you think is a good piece of advice for them as they try to make this this kid or these kids feel comfortable in their home? I would say most likely making it known what's off limits, what's safe, you know, making it known that this is this is you, this is all you, you can go into the fridge, you know, because even I mean you know, one of the kids that we had, 
she had a very distended stomach because she hadn't been eating. And so, you know, the idea of her just walking into the fridge was like unheard of, right? So like just making those little nuances comfortable or, um, you know, here are the towels, you know, so they don't have to ask, you know, just kind of as you would have guessed, you know, just make everything as accessible as possible and make everything as easy as possible, which is really what Foster Blessings is born from is making those first three, four days so that the foster parents have as much time to pour into that as possible. Um, because that's, you know, we know the beginning is a very important part of this. Yes, it's so, it's so is. And I want you, if you don't mind, just to share what is Foster Blessings and what kind of work do you do and how do you like tangibly make those first few days easier for families? Um, so we had a little girl. She came to us about midnight and we tried to soothe her, but she wasn't soothing. Obviously she was two and a half. And so I fell asleep in our living room chair with her on my lap. And so, you know, lights are low. The next morning we wake up, the sun is shining. I look down and there's bugs in her hair. So as quickly and quietly and calmly as I could with my heart racing, <laughs> I got in the chair and put her on a stool. Turns out she had had it six times that year, was immune to all medication. So we spent the next two weeks literally nitpicking what we did. And it was rough. And we were all like kind of quarantined because, you know, we all had long hair and whatever. But a neighbor brought me dinner. And I thought, wait a minute, the church is all about a family having a baby. There's meal trains, there's baby showers, there's stuff happening, right? But I get a baby in at 12 at night that I wasn't expecting at five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. So I went to our elder board and I was like, hey, I have this idea. And they were like, here's your budget. And so we started off with homemade meals. Mm -hmm. So basically the first night, um, the family is given pizza, delivered pizza from their local pizza place. And that's important to me because one of the first nights that I was in care, we had spinach and salmon. And my sister and I were like, we're going to die here. Like, this Aww. is what's going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. right? And so pizza is important to me that they get that familiar thing that first night. Plus, it also yeah. gives us a buffer because we work with multiple churches. So the next step is that we contact a delivery team of whichever church is closest to the area. And they have wipes, diapers, and meals. It was homemade, but now it's Sam's Club um sam's club meals so it's two nights of no prep no cleanup meals paper plates forks you know put it in the oven throw it in the garbage basically so parents don't have to worry anything about dinner um and then you know we also have um what we call treasure boxes and these are photo boxes in different designs ones like mermaids ones dinosaurs based on age and the community fills them and actually our local church just did a fundraiser and raised fifteen hundred dollars to fill them so they're going to be doing so they could get like an age appropriate box that they can put their stuff in, you know, because you always want that safe spot, right? For your yes. stuff, but also it's filled with like journals and, you know, those stretchy tubes and fidget spinners and all the things that kids love. Mm -hmm. That's just, I mean, I have like tears in my eyes, like thinking about what a huge blessing this is. And I think so many people are looking for tangible ways to help, but they don't know what would be helpful, but they wouldn't even necessarily think of those things, like maybe the kid would like a place to put their stuff in this new place, you know, maybe that this is just theirs, you know, and like you said, that was important for you for this woman to say, hey, this is for you, this place is for you, the stuff is for you, and just what a cool way to be able to communicate that to them in a very, like, tactile, applicable, applicable way. It's amazing. Right, right. and that, I mean, just kind of feeding off of James is what we 
you know, we're going to visit the orphan, right? But of course, we it means the support, okay? And, and that means supporting the family that they're placed with also. Um, so we also hold adoption parties at our church where if a family adopts within Dutchess County or really anywhere, um, they bring their family and their friends to church. We have a time of prayer for them. And then afterwards, we have a cake and coffee and they get like a little present. And it just helps them to know that, yeah, the fostering's over. The adoption is here, but you're not done. You are just starting a whole new journey that you are going to be going on for the next, you know, 15, 10, however many years. Yeah. I love that. It's such a good reminder. Why? I'm curious, why would you say that's important to do that? Just to recognize, okay, foster care is over. Adoption has begun. And it's not, it's not something that we just do, you know, on one day, it's a lifetime. What do you, why do you think that's so important to kind of distinguish that? Because as kids get older, they're going to start asking questions and you might not know how to answer those questions. And, you know, I might, or I might have a question that, you know, I need you to answer. And so the adoption community really needs to like be strong together, you know, and, and stay connected to each other. And um, that's a great way, you know, we have a bunch of people in our, in our church that have adopted. And so that's a great way to keep them connected to those people if they don't have those kind of people in their lives. Um, but yeah, I mean, stuff comes up, you know, yeah. that's how it is. Exactly. And what a great thing to have a group that you know can relate and can maybe give you some ideas because you're right, it can feel very isolating if you're the only person that you know that has adopted children out of foster care or adopted kids. It's like, it's it's yeah. very much can feel like no one gets this and I, I really don't know who to turn to. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with the phrase, you know, like, well, it's foster care when they go home, you know, and you're crushed and like yeah. you had them for like three days and you're still like, ah, you know, but they're like, foster care didn't you expect that you know yeah like, you can't explain it <laughs> you no can't. you can't you can try not to smack people but you cannot explain it <laughs> yes it's very difficult you're right because they you know their hearts are in the right place but they just it, it, you don't know until you're in it and so I just love that you're making even just spreading awareness about this and I'm curious in your church and churches around you that are you know working with foster blessings have you like do you have a lot of foster parents and like people who are doing this work or have you seen like any upswing in it because there's so much support well as far as seeing people involved with our ministry personally the one question that you said how can i help mm-hmm. that was a huge part of this because every time i would get a foster kid someone would say how can i help you know and you don't want to say like oh bring me dinner you know like yes. I, I have learned to say what day do you want dinner you know and that kind of thing <laughs> yeah um so it really, like you said, it gives legs to the people who can't foster, who do want to live out James 1. Um, and the other part of mm-hmm. this is that we are really praying because we are waiting for God to rise, raise up somebody to lead foster blessings for widows. Um, oh, gosh, yes. two-part verse. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yes, it is. Um, we work very closely with family services. And so we want to work very closely with the Office of the Aging. And we think mm-hmm. that that would be, you know, a 15-minute visit once a month, you know, you bring a pot pie or flowers or whatever, and you sit and visit 15 minutes, half an hour, and you talk, you know, mm-hmm. and all of this is really about relationship. Yeah. You know, that's what this really all comes back to is having relationship and spreading the gospel. You know, that's mm-hmm. number one key here. And so, um, but as far as um, I can tell you, I, I speak at math classes and this one woman kept coming to our, um, to our cooking nights, such a sweet lady. And I go to the math class and she's there and she's like, I did it, <laughs> you know? So we do have some of those stories where like, you know, wrangling people in, you know, and, um, and it's having an effect. Yeah. And I think that it will all the more because 
again, it's that if you know, okay, at least for these few days, I'll be supported and then I'll be connected to people and have this community, you know, to draw on, then it, it doesn't feel like such a daunting, overwhelming thing. And even just, I mean, to answer the, the question of how could I help to show people, okay, here's how we're going to help. That just is amazing because we don't like to say, do my laundry, wash my, you know, dishes, like take me for pizza. Like I, nobody likes to say to like, usually the go-to is like, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. But like, you're not fine. It's, yeah. this is a crazy life circumstance that just happened to this child and you and everyone in your household. So having something like foster blessings around is just such a gift. That's, yeah. And that's, that's our, our plan is, you know, we would love to see this in, in churches across the nation, you know, because this, it's a very easy program. It really is. But it, it also, like I said, it builds relationships and it gives foster care, it gives foster parents a voice, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, you know what, um, we have this ministry and, and we're working with like local senators. And I mean, it, it really opens up a whole, mm-hmm. a whole avenue for, you know, say, hey, this is what's happening. You know, during the pandemic, we were able to say like, should children be going on visits if, you know, they're in a state car, or, you know, asking these questions that, you know, um, and so it has done a lot. And um, it's gotten much bigger than, like I said, it was just meals, you know, and now we have um, social workers day where we hold like a huge contest for them. And, you know, we're having an incredible kid day this upcoming weekend where we're having a huge movie and we're having like all the foster kids come and, and it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to just be able to invite people and say, Hey, come into the church, mm-hmm. you know? And the other part of this that it opened to was our son that we adopted has autism. Okay. And so we realize there's a whole population, especially in the foster care community of children with special needs, you know, ADHD, ADD, I know because I was, you know, even bipolar. Um, and so my son couldn't go to church because he just would stand up, he'd walk around, he'd be a distraction. So we were alternating weekends. My husband and I were like, no. So we created a special needs children's church and now we have another foster mom brings her son and, you know, our son's just they play basketball, they learn a verse. They play basketball, they learn a verse. They play the floor is lava, they learn a lesson. You know, and it's the coolest thing for the, you know, the kid that can't sit through conventional church. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. That is so great. Like, I just love how you're like, I see a need. Let's fix, like, let's do something about it instead of like, that's that's really hard. Carrying on with my day. You know what I mean? Like, I know not everyone has that mindset, but I just think it's so cool to meet someone like you who's like, let's, we can do something. We don't have to, you know, just accept this as, as what it is. So, oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for sharing about all of this and your story or just your vulnerability and just everything that you're doing um, for foster parents and foster kids is such a blessing. Where can people connect with Foster Blessings online and learn more about what you guys are doing? So we have an Instagram, which is foster underscore blessings EFC. And that um, you'll find out everything that's going on. We post, you know, every month we try to have something else like a mom's night or whatever is happening. And we also have an email, uh, foster blessings EFC at gmail.com. And our phone number is 845-516-4218. And we do have a Facebook, but it doesn't seem to get much traffic. I don't know. Facebook seems to be dying. Yeah. I think. Um, so it's foster blessings meals ministry on facebook and if you go on that you can actually call from facebook we have a call button on there okay great well thank you so much i can't wait to link all these up and let everyone contact you to find out more awesome this has been absolutely amazing